The Geeky Retro Nerd Show is part of the Art, Comedy and Pop Culture Network of Podcasts. Hello, how are you doing? Welcome. Welcome to the Geeky Retro Nerd Show. My name is Adam and I am a Geeky Retro Nerd. And this show, of course, is sponsored by TruffleShuffle.com. Head on over to their website and we will see loads and loads and loads of Star Wars gifts and T-shirts and stuff. Brilliant stuff. Loads of Star Wars stuff. This is a Star Wars episode. Uh, and of course, you know by now, if you use my exclusive discount code GRNS15, that is GRNS15, you will receive a 15% discount when you spend £25 or more. So go and have a look at truffleshuffle.com. They do loads for me. Um, I nearly forgot to say, it's international shipping, so everybody can get involved. So have a look. The executive producers for this Star Wars special episode are Joy Gradwell, Karnak Comics and Mark Straker. Do you want to be credited as an executive producer on this show? Of course you do. Why wouldn't you? I've got loads of stuff coming up. I've got loads of Star Wars. I've got E.T., Back to the Future, loads of stuff coming up. If you would like to be credited as an executive producer on the show, have a look at the link in the episode notes for Libera Pay and all will be explained in there. Now, like I say, I've got a special Star Wars episode for you. And it, it is special. I'm not just saying that. It is special because the guest on today's show is an accomplished American actor, very good actor, um, but he's achieved his dream. And that dream is to be in Star Wars. Now, unless you've lived on another planet over the last year or so, um, you will know that there is a new TV show. It's the first live-action Star Wars TV show, and it's going to be on Disney+, Plus, which launches in the US anyway, not here in the UK. That's not till March, but that's another story. <laughs> it launches in the US and uh, Holland as well, I think. Um, Disney Plus, it's the flagship show for the launch of that new streaming app from Disney. And there's a few trailers out already and it looks absolutely amazing. And this guest is in it. He is in The Mandalorian and he plays a bounty hunter. And I had an incredible conversation with him about being a Star Wars fan and what it means to him being in The Mandalorian. So here we go. Have a listen. So another incredible special guest for you on the show today. And it's incredible because um, we're coming into a fantastic time as a Star Wars fan at the minute. And the guest on my show is a Star Wars fan, but has more reason than all the rest of us to be excited <laughs> for what is in store in the Star Wars universe. Welcome to the show, Dominic Pace. Dominic, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, and hello to all your listeners, and uh, appreciate all the support. Um, the last 72 hours, I've been absolutely beyond words. Uh, I think any Star Wars fan can relate. It's been just absolutely amazing. Now, Dominic, it, it, the the reason that um, this is an exciting time for you in particular is because you are in 
not only the the flagship TV show for the new Disney Plus service, mm-hmm. it is also the first live action mm-hmm. uh, TV show for Star Wars we have ever had. The Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, it, it must be uh, uh, there must be a real mixture of excitement and nerves for you, Dominic. Adam, I can't even tell you. Look, I, I've been a character actor for 20 years. If people look me up, I have over 20 credits. I, I'm sorry, I'm 20 years of credits, uh, almost 100 TV shows and movies. And when I walked in, I did not know what this project was until I walked into the wardrobe closet, until they entered, uh, they, they showed me the room um, and the costume designer to where it said my name, Dominic Pace, next to the word Bounty Hunter. I cannot tell you. <laughs> I have been a fan. I'm 44 years old. I've been a fan since I was five years old. This was predominantly the reason why I wanted to be an actor was to be part of this universe, to not only be part of this universe, but to be a one-of-a-kind, unique bounty hunter designed by uh, two amazing gentlemen, uh, one by the name of Brian Sipe from a very popular company called Legacy Effects. They do a lot of the prosthetics for both Marvel and Disney. And then also an amazing costume designer, Richard A. Pora. They've created the most amazing uh, prosthetic and the most amazing uh, costume that I could have ever asked for. Uh, for a one-of-a-kind bounty hunter in the new Mandalorian. Um, I've just been beyond words. We're obviously counting the days here now, and uh, it's just the entire experience to add to the hard pounding and to my hands getting a little bit numb. The first day that I was on set, um, uh, there was George Lucas right there within a cantina talking to John (laughs) Favreau, to David Filoni, to Kathleen Kennedy. It was absolutely amazing. The whole uh, 10 days was like a dreamlike experience. And I can't wait to share it, not only uh, with the fans, but also my two amazing sons who uh, now, uh, officially, they look up to me now. <laughs> uh, yeah, you've made it. You've made yeah. it, Dominic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking to myself, what what must it have been like when you, you didn't know what you were heading in for and then you yeah. saw Bounty Hunter on you the know, I, If it was me, I would have passed out. I, I, you know, and I'll tell you, I, w- I was very close to that because the irony to it was I was with two other actors and I'm sure you're familiar even over over the, the pond there, whether you, there's people that are either fans or they're not. So the two other actors yeah. that I was with that was playing other bounty hunters, that was just a day of work for them. And I'm looking around where like, again, my hands are getting numb and my feet because again, I mean, it's something that I've waited for my entire life to have, you know, this this very unique opportunity. The one thing that kind of uh, led me to hold my breath for quite some time were two things. One, they had three outfits chosen for me. Two had masks. And I went in for a makeup test. I was very patient with the makeup artist for six to eight hours. So because I had patience, because I was very polite and kind, he wanted to do the most extensive makeup work on me, which allowed them uh, and gave me the opportunity to have my face seen, which meant a lot to me. As much as, you know, it's such an honor to portray any creature or any character within the Star Wars universe, any way, shape, or form. I really genuinely wanted to be seen. I think every Star Wars fan would understand that. But then the other thing, the other step, when you get to this point, it's like having the lottery ticket in your hand, was making sure that you were seen and then making sure that you were prevalent uh, in in the storyline. And uh, the third episode, I think uh, everyone's in for a nice little treat there. And and, uh, that, for me, is hopefully going to be a few screenshots that uh, I will uh, definitely frame in about a million different ways all over the the house there. That's for sure. <laughs> Dominic, before before we talk about the actual TV show itself, yes. and, and, we're, and we're not going to give anything away. We're not giving away a plot or anything like that. But no, you, no. You, you said before, you've already mentioned you're 44 years old. You're, you're a few years older than me. Yeah. Uh, so you, you grew up 
with yeah. Star Wars. You are a huge. I've seen the video online of you and your love for Star Wars. Just tell me and my listeners, what what was it like for you growing up as a kid with Star Wars? It was very sentimental because my mother did not have much money. My parents divorced when I was very young. I, I love my father and my mother. They were just two very strong alpha Italians. <laughs> so, you mm-hmm. know, you put two alphas in one room, uh, it's not going to last too long. But with that being <laughs> said, my mother, uh, she uh, had to raise my sister and I and with the help of my amazing grandparents. And she provided for us the best way she could with limited funds. But that, to me, made the toys, made the figures, made the memories all the more special. I remember going to see Return of the Jedi. I couldn't get anything at the concessions because my mother, it was just a gift alone for her to be able to afford to take me to that theater. That was the first time I ever heard an applause after Luke saved the day on the skiff. Um, To me, that was just uh, ultimately uh, one of the most beautiful uh, movie-going experiences, along with Empire Strikes Back. I think what makes Star Wars special as a child is that it's bigger than life. The conviction of these actors that we've loved so much, Harrison Ford to me, has been such an icon in the Hollywood, but also uh, just one of my idols in terms of his conviction and his intensity. And when you're a child and you see that and it comes into your mind, you believe it 110%. It's something that for me as a performer over the last 20 years, I try to do with my performance uh, to give everything that I have so that maybe perhaps a child watching or or a grown-up has the same inspiration that I had from this series. Um, You combine that with the music of John Williams, which I think has pulled at every human being, anyone who has a pounding heart over the last (laughs) 40 to 50 years and has listened to John Williams' music, it pounds at our heartstrings. And I think what makes this series so special is not just about the awesome guns and the the spaceships and the, the costume and, you know, the way that it looks in outer space, et cetera. It's really the connection to life. And it's the parallels that we are touched by through whether it's our relationship with our father, with our mother, with our brothers now. You can look at, you know, episode three. I thought that was one of the most powerful endings with the, the brilliant Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Um, but it's the parallels of life and relationships along with whatever religion you're part of or mythology or if you're non-religious, just believing in yourself and having that light and trying to find that light through all the darkness. Um, and that, to me, is what has kept me going all these years in terms of being persistent in what is probably one of the toughest businesses and industries in, in the world, mm-hmm. to be honest. And what, what was your favorite Star Wars when you were a kid, Dominic? Uh, without question, hands down, there's not even any comparison to Episode Five. You're combining the mythology, uh, the belief in life, uh, the belief in yourself, uh, combined with the relationship with the father, the struggle. I didn't realize until recently that George Lucas had that struggle with his father. But that, to me, is what touched me so much, was the fact that a lot of fathers and sons perhaps have that distance, but at the same time, they love each other in one way or another. And to me, that is what uh, touched me so much, not to mention being in a packed theater in New York um, and watching that at six years old. You, you, You view it with such an open heart and an open mind that it stays with you so long. And the toys, you know, I was just having a conversation in regards to, you know, being a toy collector at 40 plus years old, it seems sort of (laughs) odd. It's not about toys, it's about the memories for me. It's about the connection that we have with the beauty of this uh, this franchise that it was created by the genius of, of George Lucas. Yeah, and, and you know what? I'm exactly the same, and it's great to hear you saying that, you know, it, it's about the nostalgia. It's the memories that evokes within you. You know, they're not, you know, my wife keeps winding us up saying, uh, my son, Zach, who's two, mm-hmm. um, do you want to play with daddy's toys? Or, uh, do you want to play with daddy's dolls? Yeah. And I keep saying they're not dolls, they're action figures. <laughs> yeah, it's, you, 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 better, you better believe it. And again, they all 
uh, have a, a sacred place in our heart. And for me, I believe it's the beauty and the innocence, and the memories that we had, whether it was your, with your friends, whether it was with your mother cooking or, or your father in the, in the kitchen, um, whatever, or your grandparents that were still around. To me, that is what the connection is. And that's why it was so special. That's why when I went into that room, it was a secret code name. It was called Huckleberry. Um, right. So I didn't I had no idea, like I said, until I went into that room. But all those reasons in terms of why over 100 TV shows that I've done throughout my career, why this was beyond special. And it, and technically, you can argue it's not even an acting accolade necessarily. It's more of a of appearance. But to be, again, a special part of that universe to me is something where um, I've made a, a pledge to myself and to hopefully many of the fans, many people from the 501st and the Mandalorian Mercs on how I can pay this gratitude forward uh, and, and give to others. And that's what I plan to do next year, uh, putting the acting a little bit more on hold and, and doing a tour between the conventions and also uh, seeing how many people I can touch the way that this industry and this, this business has touched me. Yeah. And, and we're friends on Facebook, aren't we? And, and yeah. so, so I can see, um, you know, the things you're doing and the things you're saying, and you're so positive and, yeah. and, and you're so, like you say, you're wanting to give something back yes. and uh, you're always thankful to people yes. and you're thanking people. And, and it's, it's really great to see, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, to see that kind of thing. Yeah. You um, know, I, I was in, I was in Europe last year and, and here in America, you know, I, it's, it's not, it's no fault. I mean, there is no wrong answer, but in America, I think it very, might be similar to Asia where we're constantly moving and going and going and how much more can I succeed and how many more followers can I get and how much this and how much that where, you know, I was in the um, island of uh, Sicily there, um, my wife's family, uh, we were going for a wedding and I was at a beach and I was just seeing how content uh, people at their mid age, you know, in their 30s and 40s were in terms of just enjoying life. And, and I think the reason for that is to just take a second and to realize how much you appreciate your child or your wife or your family or the, the grandparents that raised you or your mother um, to where we need to just take a step back and not think about whether I'm going to be in another Star Wars or get another role. But now to just, again, I think after 40 to sort of appreciate, pay it forward and, uh, and touch other people's lives in a good way. And I can't tell you how grateful I've been for my life. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you're absolutely loving it. Absolutely yeah. loving it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Especially now, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, and I said to you on the messenger the other day that I was really excited for you. Um, and and there's a lot of there's a lot of again I can see on Facebook there are a lot of people so excited for you. Yeah, and that means the world. And it's funny I got a few you know some people they and they mean it in a kind way. They're saying, oh, I, I'm I'm so jealous or whatever. Please understand. Uh, also, this took 25 years uh, to yeah. obtain. And, and it's not even a starring role in, in, in any way, shape, or form. Um, but please understand that I, I can't tell you how grateful I am that people are sharing this with me. Uh, what I've also offered is if somebody emails me and says, hey, you know, my son is a diehard Star Wars fan. Can you send a quick video or a hello? Um, to me, I, I can't tell you how beautiful it is, especially with everything going on in the world now, that we have something to connect each other with, no matter where your views are politically or, or socially, but just something to where we can all connect. And I can't tell you how much I'm going to feed off that energy, that positive energy to be able to to share the love of Star Wars with people and to hopefully be a, a small ambassador uh, for the for the franchise with that. Yeah, exciting. Really exciting. So, Dominic, tell me about the character that you mm -hmm. play in The Mandalorian. 
Absolutely. I would say, um, you know, bounty hunters are ruthless in many ways. Um, I am seeing within the feature at, uh, that obviously the Mandalorian sort of has, I think, probably a little bit more of a heart to more of a protagonist. But uh, in terms of the way, you know, the scenarios that I played out within uh, a couple of the uh, the scenes there, uh, it is unapologetic, uh, whether it's a woman or child, to be honest with you, it's complete 180. I think I think of it, I laugh because I think of it as a, a venom to where, um, you know, I don't know if he would like me <laughs> to speak <laughs> the character. I think he would slap me around a few times. But there, it's absolutely uh, the way that I played, not so much one dimensional, but uh, to be completely unapologetic in terms of whatever he wanted to get uh, money. Uh, and the bounty is more important than anything else. And I stayed, I think, uh, with acting, you need to simplify your objective. And that's what I did for um, the scenes that I had that opportunity um, to where at no cost I was going to uh, get the bounty uh, any way, shape or form. Um, so I, I think the look, I'm six foot four and I'm 260 pounds. I have the same frame as Kane Hodder, who portrayed Jason from Friday the 13th. So mm -hmm. I think the fans will really enjoy the presence, especially with this mask that's very Bane-like or Darth Bane-like. Yeah, I was going to say it's like Bane. Yes, and to have that level to where it is completely unapologetic and intense, um, I, th I hope it would make uh, for a very good figure uh, for the fans to enjoy. Uh, but for me personally, again, I saw the bounty hunter as completely unapologetic in the um, uh, objectives that I had and uh, willing to stop at nothing in order to get what he needs. So is it fair to say, Dominic, that he's a badass? Uh, a badass and a scum and villain to the uh, nth degree. Uh, there is no, uh, you're not going to be friends. He rolls alone. There is no uh, uh, partnership. There's no friendship. He will stab you in the back at, at no other, uh, at no cost. Um, so uh, yeah, that's, that's it. And, and I'm really excited, uh, like I said, to see the screenshots play out. And oh, there were a few scenarios that, you know, it's one thing to be in Star Wars, but it's another thing to be able to have a little bit of action. I think every boy and a lot of girls uh, would agree that, you know, it's not only to be seen, but also to get a little bit of that adrenaline rush. It was so funny. There's a famous American movie called Rudy, and it was about yeah. a, uh, a football player who really wasn't of size, and he really, you know, didn't have that much ability and such, uh, but he gets that one chance to be on the football field. So the stunt coordinator, I've done stunts throughout the career, uh, throughout the course of my career, but I'm not a, a professional stunt man. But the stunt coordinator comes to me and he says, listen, he says, for this little bit, if you want to take it a little easy, please, you know, don't don't go crazy. And just the similar to Rudy, I said, and I think every Star Wars fan will relate. I said, I've been waiting for this my whole life. I said, I don't care if I have to drop down two floors. You know, it's, <laughs> this is to me that not only a gift for myself, but also to the Star Wars fan base community to give everything that I have uh, to show that intensity. And hopefully, uh, just like I applauded for uh, Luke uh, during the skiff, the end of the skiff, hopefully people will be applauding for the Mandalorian uh, after one of these scenes there. So how, so, so you know, speaking to you now and, and the messages we've exchanged on uh, Messenger, you know, you're a really nice fella. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're really, really positive. Mm -hmm. what, what, what do you have to do as an actor to play a badass, yeah. a badass? Uh, you know, look, I think, um, for, you know, I had this conversation uh, previously in regards to, you know, look, we've all been cut off in traffic. You know, we have all worked an odd job to where maybe you're getting paid eight to ten dollars an hour or whatever, fifteen dollars an hour. I used to manage restaurants where I received such abuse from not only certain uh, entitled customers, but also some district managers who was more about ego than um, than actually running a restaurant in the correct way. After a while, I don't know if you've seen Joker recently, but the way that life kind of continues to punch you around and beat you up 
Um, I will tell you, when you finally have that opportunity to do what you love and I show it in front of you, I can guarantee you, you're going to turn on the drop of a hat and you're going to let all of that anger, that intensity out within the art. And it's such a beautiful way to be able to do it because you're not hurting anybody. But also at the same time, we all have that side to where we have we will basically be unapologetic in terms of our conviction and our anger and our rage. Um, and I can't tell you how beautiful that feeling is when you're able to play it out and know that nobody gets hurt. Um, but yeah. also the level of conviction and intensity you have. If you look at my IMDb, you see over the last few years, I've been working more and more. A lot of that is attributed to the fact of survival for not only yourself, but also for your family and also to get out of your current situation, whether it's working an odd job that you hate or working for a boss that you cannot stand or basically maybe people telling you maybe it's not going to happen or the dream is not going to happen. And if I start pushing you, especially as a man, and you start feeling that intensity and you get that one shot, you've got one minute to show these people that you are alive and that you are here. I can guarantee you the older you get, the more you will turn on the drop of a hat. And it will show in your eyes and to, to your intensity. And I can't tell you how grateful I am to be able to show that through my art uh, in such a unique way to the fan base, uh, no matter what shows I do, um, to where they can appreciate and hopefully be able to uh, have their own out uh, through my performance uh, in, in many small ways. So, you you know, you mentioned before that the, the appearance of your character with the mask and um, everything like that. And, you, and you, you mentioned earlier before the, the, the rigorous makeup yes. process, you know, you had to be really patient. What Was that every day? Uh, yes, it was every day. And I'll tell you, it was a labor of love. If I was doing, a say, a murder scene from a modern day crime drama, it would probably have gotten to me after so many days. But I'll tell you, just like any Star Wars fan, I enjoyed every moment in that chair. It was 15, 16 hour days. Um, I have a funny story I'd love to share is basically um, it was inspired by a, a Greenpeace project. It was like an environmental project from the uh, makeup artist two years prior in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, he designed a female model who did was not very large. She was maybe 100 pounds. She was the exact opposite of me. Um, but they had she had these two bumps on her head and this sort of color scheme on the face that you see similar to my character that was named Gecko. So um, that was sort of the nickname in the trailer. And, you know, it started catching on with the other bounty hunters, you know, Gecko, the bounty hunter. Um, but it's so funny. I originally had the bumps that a Gecko would have. So when I do the first screen test for Filoni and Favreau and uh, this amazing director that uh, is growing by the minute, uh, Deborah Chow, um, yeah. I did a reveal where they had a hood on me and I did this reveal. And all of a sudden I, I start hearing like a little chuckle from the other bounty hunters and I'm looking and all of a sudden I, I managed to see there was no mirrors, but I managed to see a slight reflection. And I tell you, the bumps, to be honest, look like a pair of boobs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I go to the director because even the bounty hunters are looking at me. They're like, you know, it looks really cool. I said, but but at the same time, because I'm six foot four, it looks like a D cup on my on my head. So I go to Brian and I said, Brian, I said, I know that, you know, we're doing the screen test. I said, if possible, you know, because I know we have another week. I said, I would love to see perhaps because of my frame and my size, maybe perhaps a couple of horns, four horns, maybe instead of the, this bump. And he changed it, thank God, because I said, God, what a, what a nightmare it would have been to have been, finally you get your dream come true, but then you have boobs on your head, you know? <laughs> it's, I don't know if I'd be uh, promoting it as much as uh, as I do now, but uh, they made that adjustment for me. It was two hours to take uh, to put on, one hour to take off at the end of the day, um, nice. but I cannot tell you how much I was in my glory. I had another experience to where I think a lot of Star Wars fans would appreciate. Samuel Jackson, during episode one, he had a suitcase uh, displayed in front of him with an array of different lightsabers that he got to select. Well, 
I was one of the first bounty hunters to approach this table for um, when we began shooting. And there was a whole um, uh, table full of blasters. And I wish that every Star Wars fan could have gone into my shoes, similar to a Harry Potter fan to where perhaps they get to pick their wand. But I tell you, with my frame and my size, as much as the days were long and you had to be responsible for that blaster throughout the entire day, I picked the biggest one. And uh, it's a beautiful piece. They attached a they rigged a paintball canister on the back and then they had a curved dagger near down by the mag. And it was just the most beautiful piece. It was heavy. God, it must have been about 10 pounds. But I, I, I carried it with such pride because I remember as a child playing with so many different figures and just thinking now that I had my own blaster in, in my own character in the Star Wars universe, I didn't feel one bit of pain as hot as that outfit was and the, the makeup and the, and, the, and the set and standing for, for hours on hours. I didn't feel a, a thing because, again, being such a diehard Star Wars fan, it was every day was like uh, Christmas. Yeah, yeah, and I was just I was just thinking to myself there when you mentioned action figure. I wonder if your character is going to get an action figure. You know, we're holding our breath, and that's going to be the next dream. And I and I'm hopeful that the fans will be able to push that through. There's already people that are portraying uh, or creating a pop for me, and then one created this really detailed black series figure for me, uh, just in case it doesn't happen. My only concern is doing an eight-hour series. I don't know how many elaborate, unique figures they're going to add to the universe. I don't know what Hasbro's plans. That's a whole different marketing idea, but I would like to believe that the, my presence and the uniqueness and the amount of work that Brian Sipe and Richard A. Pora put into me, and not to mention being a diehard fan, I, I know that you know it's only going to hold so much weight, but I would like to believe, perhaps not in the third or fourth wave, but maybe the fifth wave, they're going to do some of these amazing side characters from The Mandalorian. And I, I, I say this, and people are kind of taken back, but I promise you, I, I, for me, as much as it's been a dream to be an actor, this would mean more to me than an Academy Award, I will not lie, because the reason that I got involved in this business was because of the childhood fantasy. The way that I felt when I watched Goonies, E.T., Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, that was the reason I wanted to be a part of this fantasy world. And what part is connected to that, but the, the, the imagination of action figures. So to me, to have that would be similar to Academy Award within my mind, because I think it's the dream of every Star Wars fan, uh, let alone just side, set aside the, the craft and the business of acting, that that would be my childhood dream. And, and I, I'm confident it will come through, but uh, I appreciate all of the fan support, and I'm there for the fans as well in any way that they need me. Uh, yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned, so Star Wars, obviously a huge influence in you becoming an actor. Yes. And you, and you mentioned Harrison Ford, before yes. as well was harrison ford a big influence on you without it's, question you know we're in the age of female empowerment but let's talk about male empowerment let's talk about the fact that you know i was i connected to men who took control and now all of a sudden that seems to be sort of a deviant thing but for me i enjoyed watching him i enjoyed the, not only the alpha that was in him but also the charisma. And I believe that that needs to still exist today. I understand, you know, we've gone through sort of a rush patch, at least here in the States, in regards to some of the alpha being sort of uh, a negative uh, thing. But at the same time, I have two sons and I want them to stand on their own two feet. I want them to be strong men. And for me, that was just such an inspiration because also he is he's telling the story with such conviction. And for me, any storyteller, I, I was so privileged to watch my son on stage last night. And from start to finish, he had this conviction uh, and he was completely fully invested in the character. And to me, 
uh, Harrison Ford, especially as a male, I was able to connect with so much. And that was something that I wanted to do when I grew up and to be able to take charge and take command of, say, a ship. I did a B-movie last year. This uh, sci-fi movie was a, a very low-budget film that was called Megalodon. It was kind of the, yeah. the TV version of the Meg. Um, but to be able to take control of a whole ship, um, to me, that has always been my fantasy. And uh, I can't think of a better actor. I can probably count on one hand uh, the, the actors that not only have had the alpha but also the level of charisma to why we are still talking about this uh, this franchise. It's not only the storyline, but the actors need to bring it to life. You can take any franchise, Terminator, uh, Back to the Future. If you have the wrong actors and you have the wrong charisma and energy, it just falls flat. And Harrison Ford, I, I just can't say enough about because I believe he was the glue uh, in many ways that stuck this franchise together and why when we were children, it, it meant so much to us. I, I was talking to Robert McNaughton um, a few days ago, who plays Michael in ET, mm -hmm. and he told me that one of uh, one of his auditions was at Harrison Ford's house. Wow! And I that's asked right. him, "The wife was the wife was the screenwriter." That's, that's right. right. That's, yeah. And so I asked him, "Was Harrison Ford there?" And he said, "Yeah, Harrison Ford was there. He had just got out the shower, and he came downstairs <laughs> in a towel. Oh, right. And wow. and at that time, he was filming Blade Runner." And I was like, wow, incredible. Because obviously, as a kid, I loved Han Solo. I did. I, it's funny, a funny story with it. I, I normally don't go up to celebrities. But 15 years ago, my wife works at Paramount Pictures. And uh, we were invited to a VIP industry party at Hollywood on Hollywood Boulevard. And he was there. And this was the only time in my life that I went up to somebody. And I did not mean to be intrusive. I didn't want to take his time because I'm sure he had to deal with he has to deal with this his entire life. But it was the only time in my career that I went up to uh, a celebrity and said, I just want to shake your hand and that's all uh it was very simple uh, he's a very mild-mannered gentleman mm -hmm. but to me it just uh, meant so much to me to be able to uh shake my hero's hand because uh, again indiana jones and and uh, han solo i mean I, I and even jack ryan and even air force one i mean the man has just so much conviction and how grateful we are to still have him around today yeah so you're in the mandalorian mm -hmm. where when when you're filming it were you allowed to say anything uh, no, no, you have to especially keep with the it... mask. This is, a, let me make, make no mistake. This is sort of, uh, the, the, the greatest uh, achievement for me would be to be like a Dengar or to be like a Bosque. Uh, this is a side character bounty hunter. It's a one of a kind bounty hunter. Just the opportunity to be in the Star Wars universe to me was, was amazing. I will be guest starring on, um, uh, two shows for Fox, a major uh, television network. Um, coming up uh, this season. And then also I'm starring in an amazing sociological thriller, Anonymous Killers. But for me, this is more of the nostalgia and the magic and the appearance to be a one-of-a-kind unique bounty hunter. Uh, but no, yeah. I, I, you know, this, the, the credit in terms of the stars and the, the principal roles, I mean, all go to, uh, of course, uh, uh, Carl Weathers and to Pedro and to Gina and uh, even one of my friends, uh, Tate D uh, Fletcher. Wait till you see what he looks like. Oh, my God. Um, it's really going to be something. But for me, again, this is just a side character and more of just the, the nostalgia and the magic to be able to just touch uh, my, my favorite universe uh, at least once. And, and what was it like keeping all this? I mean, I assume you have to keep this a secret. Uh, yeah, I, I think ultimately, I think with the agreements, it was more or less the storyline, which, again, we're not really discussing. I no. think that was really the most impassionate thing. Uh, but as far as telling, you know, my friends and such, as long as things were not posted on social media, it wasn't until I was seen in the trailer that I decided to go ahead 
and announce. Once you're seen, then it's fair game. And I believe that Disney is 100% happy with that. Um, I think they want the support and I, they appreciate the artists uh, supporting the, the franchise and having people rooting for them. Uh, but I think ultimately it was just things in terms of sharing uh, photos, uh, sharing storyline that really was the ultimate secret. But yeah, yeah I'm not going to lie. It's, it's like telling you, uh, listen, you won the lottery and you can't tell anyone uh, for, <laughs> for an entire year. <laughs> so it was definitely My. difficult. But ultimately, I think with all the contracts and rules break down to is uh, they want to just make sure you're not, uh, first of all, uh, storyline and most importantly, expressing any negativity, politics and social issues. And I, I don't do any of that for me. I think they understand how grateful I am and how how honored I am to be a part of this project. So I think it's all digested uh, very, very nicely. So that first day on set then, you yeah. know, when you were finished later yes. on or whatever, did you ring your wife and say, you are never going to believe this? Yes. And it's funny because they, <laughs> they had to they had to take our phones all day. So I didn't even have a chance to call as soon as I get to set. They kept it locked in a, in a locker. Uh, yeah, it, it, I told the children, too, but it, it, there's nothing compared. And, and still, we haven't even gotten there to showing them. Uh, visibly on screen, I think that's when it's really going to hit. When I got a text uh, from a friend of mine with the trailer, it was a really beautiful moment with my two sons. We were at the house, and it was hard not to tear up, and I hugged them both. I, I'm not a drinker, but I needed to take a little bit of scotch. There's a beautiful <laughs> smoky scotch called Legavulin 16 or Legavulin 18 or whatever. It was so, And I literally needed to take a little drink because my, my hands went numb again and my heart was just starting to pound. Uh, because, again, I think every Star Wars fan understands how, how special this is. Yeah, so we were meant to talk last weekend, weren't we? And, and it got postponed. And I'm glad because since then that trailer has yes. come out. <laughs> and um, it came out through the night. You know, I'm in yeah. the UK. It came out through the night, and I got yeah. up in the morning and yeah. I watched it. And I was looking for you. Uh -huh. I was looking for you, and I seen yeah. you. I was like, "Oh, there he is! He's there!" <laughs> yes. And I, then... I love that. I, and it's uh, there's much more to me, I promise you. But uh, I just love how it's kind of lurking, and they have it through the POV of of him watching us and us watching him, and it's sort of this jealousy because, in many ways, he is the. He is the king of the uh, uh, of the ballroom there, and he's the best of the best. But we're all, of course, ruthless bounty hunters, sort of competing for one bounty or the next. Uh, but I, I just can't, can't, like I said, I can't believe it. I, I love how imposing it looks, and I love, uh, like I said, the the support of the fans. You know, I've, I've guest starred on so many shows, and maybe you have your mom or your cousin will share. You know, hey, Dominic was on this show or that show. But I, it's funny now. I, I, you know, instead of approaching artists to commission uh, a painting, uh, they're coming to me now and saying, hey, I know. You do you mind if I can draw you? Do you mind if I can create this for you or that? And and I can't tell you how grateful I am to be able to share not only as an an actor but to share other art forms as well. And I and I can't tell you how proud I am. Uh, to, and, and I look forward to sharing their work as well. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say to you because after I watched the trailer, I then I then I texted you saying the trailer looks great. You are onto a winner here. Yeah. You are you yeah. are onto a real winner here. And then when I looked on Facebook, mm -hmm. the you know, the my timeline was just full of people yeah. you know, like fan art, people <laughs> were making figures. Yes. You know, it, it, it absolutely incredible. I've never I've never really seen a reaction like yeah. that. It's it's Before. so amazing. And like I said, how beautiful it is to bring people together in such a positive way. You know, I know there's been criticism here and there, but I, you know, just like your favorite soccer team over there, we have baseball and football here. You know, it, no matter what, even if you have criticism of your favorite soccer team, you cannot live without them. And and, and what, no. I, what I mean by that is that no matter what, 
And it breaks my heart to think that Lucas might have gone away because of the criticism. We cannot live without Lucas. We love him. Oh. And even with sometimes yeah. where you say, oh, maybe I didn't like this character, this storyline. There, there is nothing like Star Wars. And I will take watching every single Star Wars movie and cartoon and an episode over some of the, 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 the you know, just the, the, the dorm that uh, Hollywood puts out day in and day out there. Yeah, and, and and I'm very familiar with being disappointed in my soccer team because I'm a, I am a Newcastle I'm a Newcastle United supporter. They are in the English Premier League and they are crap. <laughs> <laughs> and it, you know, it's so funny. It's the same, you know, because we just there was a famous actor, Freddie Prince Jr., who you know kind of just lashed out against anyone with negativity. But again, yeah. you know, it's just I think it's the most beautiful comparison. You love your team. You're not. You cannot change teams. I told my son he was he was getting on board with one of these uh, Super Bowl winning teams a few years ago, Seattle Seahawks. And I told him, I said, yeah. look. I said, once you pick your team, it's yours. Just so you know, you can't do that. You know, you can't jump from one team to the next. And yeah. but again, it's like Star Wars is our team. We love it, and we will never leave it. And uh, you know, again, even the negativity, I think, is part of our joy. Uh, and I can't right. tell you, like I said, how grateful I am to be able to share that joy with so many fans now. Uh, aside from just being a fan now, you know, and I think it's very special. And I look forward, like I said, to paying it forward. Yeah, I mean it's really interesting to hear you describe it, Leah. I've never, I've never heard anybody make that comparison before. Um, yeah. Over here, it's called glory supporting. Jumping yes. from one team to another, you're a glory supporter. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Here, here they call it getting on the bandwagon. You know, you're just on the bandwagon <laughs> and such. But yeah, no. We, Star Wars is our bandwagon, uh, love or hate. Uh, but I, I just wanted to bring it up because I think there's people are talking about so much. Uh, hate and negativity but i think that part of it is because those fans as well should not be ignored uh we love we love the franchise and people are very passionate about it and the greatest news is i know that jj i know that david filoni and favreau understand that and i think they're going to do the best to bring forth an amazing project uh for disney and and i can't tell you how excited uh, we should all be for the next couple of months there yeah. Now, now you know, you've had a fantastic opportunity to work with an incredible cast on yeah. this TV show. Yeah. Um, you know, Pedro Pascal, Carl Weathers, yeah. uh, Nick Nolte yeah. is, is in it. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and of course, the, the creative minds of John Favreau, Dave Filoni. What, what was that like, getting the opportunity uh, to work with these people? Every if you look up the book, uh, look up in the dictionary, the word professionalism, that's it. Uh, you know, it just it, you, back in the day you used to have directors shouting and screaming. You hear some of these uh, legendary stories of James Cameron and Michael Bay. And again, I mean, when you have a hundred million dollar budget on your shoulders, you know, just like in the military, you just do whatever is told. But I can't tell you how pleasant, how professional, how they gave leadership to their directors and also just the honor uh, to be alongside them. One thing also I wanted to add, you know, one of my other favorite franchises as a kid, you know, if you have something part of your culture, I think it's beautiful. And some some people that, you know, that you can look up to. For me as an Italian-American, I love Stallone. I loved Rocky. I thought it was so inspirational whether you're Italian-American or not. But as an yeah. Italian-American and being amongst also in my community, so many amazing African-Americans who are like brothers and sisters, um, to be part of that, uh, you know, and to, to, to watch that as a kid, was so special. So to be alongside Carl Weathers, to me, who was such a part of the, the Rocky franchise, uh, yeah. was also another dream because he's had such an amazing career. He has such an amazing presence and he has such an amazing talent. Uh, so to be alongside him was, again, a little something that got you a little misty eyed because that was another franchise that, that inspired me in so many ways as a child as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm just thinking to myself here when you're talking. It must be, it must be hard. I mean, I know you're a professional. You're an actor. You're a professional, of course. Yes. But it must be hard to keep you cool, and <laughs> and not sort of freak out and go, "Oh my God, there's Apollo Creed." Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and it's funny. I and you bring up a good point because if I was on set, perhaps for the first time, I remember there was a a movie years ago called Tu Wong Fu. It was a, a the women oh, yeah. the men were dressed in drag with Patrick yeah. Swayze, Wesley Snipes, the very talented John Leguizamo, and and I remember my jaw just dropping. Being able, uh, Patrick Swayze was such a friendly man, and I remember being so starstruck at that time. I think you're able to appreciate them, but also at the same time respect that you were selected to be a part of this because you yeah, are a professional. Of course. And part of that definition is when there's a $100 million budget on the line, you are not going to waste any time in terms of fraternizing or being, you know, uh, distracting the, the lead actors in terms of whatever that is that they have to do with the director. You're just there to listen. If there, there was some small talk, uh, I remember, you know, between Carl and I and uh, when we had a little bit of downtime because we were so close uh, on during one of the scenes. But other than that, I mean, you're there and just honored to be a part of that uh, major league team, just like you would on a naval vessel or, you know, part of a military to where there's no time to really take it all in. You're just honored to be a part of that that uh, elite um, uh, team there. Yeah, so, so you're absolutely right to highlight that you were there on yes. merit. <laughs> yes, you know, that, it, it must have been, it must be a huge compliment, compliment, yes. and and very satisfying to yes. know that you know you're you you you've earned your right to be here. Thank you. And and again, for 25 years of hustling, taking every odd job I can in order to provide for my family, um, I, I very much have been honored. And I, I always try to be able to live up to those expectations of being professional, being consistent. And most importantly, I had the privilege of being with you, Jackman, for three months. I doubled Frankenstein on Ben Helsing, which was such an amazing experience, wow. as well as Will Smith on Bright. These gentlemen make $20 million a picture. And I cannot tell you how humble they are, how polite, professional, and consistent they are. And for me, it just, there is absolutely no excuse to be any different. You know, and the reason I mention that is sometimes Hollywood, you get these diva-like personalities of people that are wasting time or they're you know, being picky or selective. You know, the director says jump, you ask how high, and you're there to be a part of that team. There is no I in the team, and uh, it's just an honor to be a part of that and, and to obviously celebrate in something that's going to be so special over the next few weeks. Yeah, I, sp I spoke to Karen Parsons on my show a little while ago. She was Hillary in uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and she said Will Smith is just like a normal bloke. Yes, and, and so energetic. <laughs> I, I, I had a great story from Bright. I was one of the orcs. I was a big, uh, you know, big imposing orc. Right. Uh, so I've worked with prosthetics in the past. And we're on the 13th or 14th hour where most of us are just dragging. You're just tired. Let's get the day over with. And he comes and he's talking to, I believe David Ayer was the director uh, who just directed me in a, um, a recent uh, production. But anyhow, he was just uh, he was so inspirational in terms of the level of his energy. Even on the 14th and 15th hour, he is able to find that conviction and that energy. And you see it through his work. But, you know, a lot of fans and, and, and viewers don't understand is sometimes, you know, a, a movie making takes 15, 16, 17 hours a day. Um, and these actors still come as if they're, they're just bright eyed and bushy tailed from the first hour. And so that's what I, I noticed in him, as well as his friendliness and his sense of humor, which is uh, really second to none. He's such a, a movie star in so many ways. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited, Dominic, to see The Mandalorian because the trailer so far looked great. 
They look absolutely fantastic. It's got a bit, to me, it's got a bit of a Rogue One vibe about yes. it. And and yeah. I absolutely loved Rogue One. I went to the cinema four times, five times yeah. maybe, to yes. see it. It absolutely blew me away. It's definitely got a bit of a Rogue One vibe about it. You know, like the, the you know the, the the Star Wars underworld. Yeah. You know, it, it, it looks great, and it's described as well as a space western, and it does yeah. look like that, doesn't it, on the trailer? With, it, it, without it does question. Look like yeah. A western. Yeah, one of the things I don't know if you're a gamer. I, I don't I don't have time, you know, too much in terms of playing video games. So one of the things I thought of, which I, I thought the first thing I thought of was how amazing this is going to be. There's a very famous it's a violent game, um, but this would obviously be on a more of a kid like uh, level uh, called Grand Theft Auto. You know, and it's oh, a very yeah. Famous, yeah, yeah, very fa- famous game. But to where you're giving assignments and you're given tasks. And I said, my God, this would be such an amazing story mode video game for all the Star Wars fans and all gamers alike. <laughs> To where, you know, you're given these assignments or whatever in terms of, you know, getting this bounty or that bounty. I think, but ultimately coming back to the storyline in Rogue One, I think Favreau and Filoni understand what makes Star Wars special. And I think that's the most important element to when you need to put together a Star Wars film. Rogue One was obviously second to none in so many ways. Not only the ensemble, but also the intensity, the professionalism, the the the, the graphics, the special effects. Uh, I thought they just did this amazing job. And I mean, oh my God. How much did our jaws drop at the end where, you know, you connect with uh, Vader at the end, connecting it to the legendary episode four. Um, I think you're also going to hopefully see uh, maybe some familiar faces because I know that they understand that fans from whether it's the prequels, uh, the the sequels or also the original trilogy uh, will be very excited to see that. And I I think uh, we have a lot to look forward to there. Yeah, well, well, the 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 films they're making now, you know, the the like bringing in a familiar face, don't they? So hope, hopefully they follow that trend with um, the Mandalorian. But it's set five years after Return of the Jedi, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's brilliant because now what you're going to do is you're going to tap into, uh, you know, some of the uh, relations with uh, the, uh, the original trilogy as well as the new trilogy, and 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 I think uh, that leaves room for such an amazing storyline, you know. So uh, who knows where they're going to go with it? But uh, I, like I said, I I think Favreau and Filoni really have their finger on the fans in terms of knowing what we want and also knowing what makes Star Wars special. Uh, and and I think it's going to be um, a top of the line uh, special effects uh, with the new type of technology. That that they are able to use. Uh, mm-hmm. So make sure that we're seeing it on a big screen, uh, you know, a nice 4K screen or what have you, to where you can really enjoy uh, uh, all the magic that they brought to this. So it does eight episodes. It is out on the 12th of November, mm-hmm. which is also the day that Disney Plus is released. Correct. Uh, and, and it's not like uh, it, they're not all getting put out at the same time other the, the I think I think the first episodes on the 12th and then I think yeah. the next one's on the 15th and then yeah. I think that weekly after that it's not like it's not like a Netflix thing you know like where they we all can... get put on and then you binge it and then yeah. I think that's a good thing because again I mean you know they, they it's funny we have this uh, they have a AMC movie theaters in it's a movie theater company here in the states I'm not sure if they're international yeah. but they are offering uh, a 27-hour marathon of all nine episodes. But the one thing that, for me, that I think would be odd with that is that you're watching the ninth episode, the one that you need to see when you have no sleep. And yeah. it would be the same thing among Star Wars fans to where you can't tell me that you're going to stay completely engaged through eight hours uh, or however long it is of, of cinema. 
So I think it's they're releasing it in a great way to where they're going to kind of string the fans along. But I like the fact that the first two episodes are kind of close, uh, less than a week away. And then on the 22nd, they're going to go into their a regular stride there. So I, I think it's great. And then obviously after Christmas, then people will be able to binge watch if they, they want to in that regard. But I think this is something that's going to be around for a long time. And how excited we are that the uh, Kenobi series is going to start and, and the Cassian series. Yeah. And the one thing for me that I thought about, because this was such a obviously a gift for me, is the hope that other Star Wars fans and slash actors may have the same opportunity to at least have a little touch of their childhood dream to where they're able to uh, to really enjoy and, and be in the feet, in my feet and, and my mind the way that I enjoyed it to, to, for them to have that same experience. So I'm excited for the new content in the hopes that other fans will be able to have that same uh, dream uh, come true. Yeah, and I should probably clarify that Disney Plus is out in the U.S. on November the 12th. Yes. Um, I think it's available in a few other territories as well shortly after. I don't know when it's coming out in the U.K. Yeah, I know. So, I, I, so I, I'm yeah. not I'm not going to say it yeah, on, on the 12th. Yes. I also, that John, makes just me wanna, sad. I, I, some good news. I, I um, landed a my first convention, and uh, it actually is very meaningful to me because uh, the name of the convention is uh, in England. is called Croydon, the Croydon uh, Convention, uh, a, a Comic-Con, uh, or charity uh, convention, and that's going to be on November 30th. So for any of your listeners uh, that are around the London or Croydon area, I would love you to stop by and uh, visit. I'll be signing autographs uh, for the day on, uh, I believe, Sunday, November 30th. Uh, so I appreciate everyone's support. Uh, but that will be my first. And the reason it's special is my grandparents were such an inspiration to me. My grandfather was an Italian-American who uh, was at Normandy Beach uh, during D-Day, and he was such right. an inspiration to me. But the street that uh, they uh, lived on was Croydon Road, and they both had passed right. on. And I sent it to my family. I said, well, I wonder if this was a sign from my grandparents. Uh, yeah. Just wish you the best. Uh, the fact that out of all the conventions all over the world, and, and also being in America here you know, for myself, but the, my first convention is titled Croydon. I thought that was very special. So I, I really look forward to it, and I hope to meet some of the fans there on the other side of the pond there. Fantastic. I mean, you're going to be a busy guy, aren't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're we're going to be doing a world tour. Uh, I just hope I'm able to, my wife and uh, my kids are able to have some free time to where I'm able to share it. Because for me, again, it's always just been about being able to share the joy with others. Otherwise, it doesn't mean very much to me. I'm I'm not very materialistic. I'm, I, I have uh, fans that want to send me stuff. But I, I, I for me, it means more to me to be able to pay it forward to make another uh, person happy than for me to receive. Fantastic. Um, Dominic, I wish you all the luck in the world. I hope um, your, your bounty hunter character takes off. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've got, honestly, I've, it will. It will. Thank, thank uh, you, Adam. It, it, it obviously, I haven't seen the Mandalorian yet, yeah. but I just know, I just know it yeah. will. Um, and I wish you all the all the luck in the world. Uh, like I said before, you're a really nice fella. You've, you've got a really positive outlook on life. You look after your family um, and, and, and you're reaping the rewards, I think. Thank you, thank you and, so much. And again, thank you to you and all your listeners uh, for all your support of this side character. And again, uh, it's it's a humble appearance, but it's it's for me, it, it means everything. And I, 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 I can't tell you how grateful I am for all the fan support and and like I said, you can count on me to be paying it forward and touching as many lives as uh, people as, have touched me over the last uh, few weeks there. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Dominic, thank you so much for that. Um, again, I'm, I'm sorry that I had to postpone last weekend. Um, but that, that was great. I really enjoyed that conversation. Thank you so much. And I, I can't wait to see this TV show. 
Thank you, Adam. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, first and third episode. And uh, again, it's uh, I, I, with a hundred million dollar budget, they have a new uh, LED screen, which is not like green screen, but it looks so real. So what really this translates to is the say the action sequences where it would be difficult for them to be able, you know, they'd have to layer uh, an effect, which I think makes it a little um, more superficial. Uh, even though, you know, the special effects over the last five to 10 years have been absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to take it now to an entirely new level to where I think our jaws are going to be dropping. And I think that's very difficult to say in this day and age when we have so much uh, yeah. content and so many things that we've seen that have already been amazing. But I think uh, <laughs> with what I've seen, uh, I think this is going to be something to where people just feel like they are taken to another universe. And that's going to be very special. Fantastic. I can't wait. Awesome. Um, Dominic, thank you so much for your time. And if yeah. you ever and if you ever get the chance to come in Scotland, come come over to Scotland, drop me a message. I'll come and see you. I, I would love to, Adam, and, and uh, stay tuned because uh, they have an agent over there who is basically booking me a lot of the major conventions over there. So I will definitely uh, post everything, and it would be a pleasure to grab a beer. That sounds good. Cheers, Dominic. Cheers. Have a great day. Dominic is absolutely living the dream there, isn't he? <laughs> Fascinating stories from behind the scenes of The Mandalorian and his own personal experiences around it. Uh, like I say, man alive, jealous? No, not me. <laughs> uh, but that was recorded a little while ago and it's been embargoed for obvious reasons until today. Although we don't, re- we don't, you know, we don't give anything away. We don't want to give spoilers away. Uh, but best of luck to Dominic. I, I hope the gecko bounty hunter takes off and, um, you know, he's, he's a nice fella, really nice fella. We've exchanged messages on Facebook a lot and he deserves it. He deserves it. I hope it all goes well. So I just want to thank my executive producers again, Joy Gradwell from Mind Active, Karnak Comics and Mark Straker. Thank you so much. Again, if you want to be credited as an executive producer, look out for the link in the episode notes. We aren't far away from the release of The Rise of Skywalker, aren't we? It's a matter of weeks away. It's in touching distance and I have got more Star Wars guests coming up on the show ahead of the release of that massive, massive movie. So stay tuned to the Geeky Retro Nerd Show wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm on it. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher, uh, Podchaser. I'm trying to think of other ones. <laughs> Doesn't matter because I'm on all of them. So please hit the subscribe button. You do not want to miss what I have got coming up, including an Oscar winner. Yes, that is right. I have got an Oscar winner on the show. Thank you very much for listening. I'll speak to you again very soon. Bye-bye.